Welcome to the Midfield Monitor podcast. I am the host, Benny Christopher. Uh, I am the owner, producer, mixing and mastering engineer, consumer of coffee, and pretty much everything else in between at Trace Paper Productions. If you want to know more about my music and what I do, you can check me out at tracepaperproductions.com. And uh, you can also find me on Facebook, Instagram, and of course, Twitter. So I'm really excited as this is my first ever podcast and first ever podcast episode. I've been kind of playing around with the idea of this format a little bit. I wasn't exactly sure how I wanted to approach this. Uh, When I had the idea of doing uh, kind of like a music review podcast, I was actually just kind of on the bus the other day on my way to work. And I was like, oh, man, it'd actually be a really cool idea to kind of break down some of the some songs, you know, that I really dig and like how how you can kind of go through and like sweep through and kind of figure out what's going on. It's good. It's always been a fun thing for me to do. And I thought that might be something fun to share. Of course, there are always some copyright and uh, legality uh, things to navigate. So unfortunately, I'm not I won't be actually playing the song on the podcast. But you know, YouTube is a phenomenal resource. And I'm sure there are any other number of uh, mediums you can, you can find the song easily on. Um, you know, I, uh, I am definitely one that buys every, buys all the music that I listen to. And I, I'm a big, big supporter of that. So, uh, you know, by all means, if, uh, if you find something on here that you really, really like, I highly encourage you to buy it because starving artists, uh, could always use the love. Uh, the whole, whole goal of today is to kind of go through a song that I like uh, kind of break it down, kind of go through sonically, uh, what's going on, what I'm hearing, what I like, maybe what I don't like about the song, kind of do maybe a brief overview, I guess, over the track itself in terms of, um, how, you know, the song structure is, and I guess just impact, overall impact of the song might be kind of fun to kind of delve into if I have time trying to keep this around 20 minutes, but we'll see, we'll see what I end up getting into with this. In any event, the first track that I really wanted to tackle was uh, a song by the band called Failure. Uh, the song I really dug off this album was Smoking Umbrellas. Um, the album itself um, being kind of like one of my favorite albums ever. I mean, it, I guess both sonically and, and musically, uh, this album has always kind of struck a chord with me. And is uh, since I heard it, you know, I guess I would probably discover this album maybe back in the early 2000s, 2005, 2006, I suppose, is kind of when I stumbled across this album. Um, And at the time, it was the third album uh, that Failure had released. They dropped this in 1996. Um, At the time, it was through Slash, which was distributed by Warner Brothers. Um, The album itself, they recorded um, in a couple of places at FPS Studios and also Mad Hatter Studios, both in LA. Um, the, of course, the album was produced and mixed by Ken Andrews, uh, multi-instrumentalists within the band. Um, if you haven't checked out his work, I uh, highly recommend it. He definitely um, has a really phenomenal sound, uh, very unique and, uh, and ultimately very, very appropriate for the genre that the band, uh, the band actually, you know, plays in um he's worked on stuff uh such as jimmy world uh back paramore nine inch nails uh day to remember tenacious d uh black rebel motorcycle club pete yorn i mean the list goes on he's really um he's really kind of expanded his work and uh you know there's definitely a lot out there discovered by him uh that hopefully a lot of people will enjoy 
so yeah, with this with this particular song, I um, the bi- the biggest thing that really made it jump out to me was like the really the, the guitar intro of this track. It kind of starts out with uh, with its own uh, little guitar riff, just kind of sitting off to the left. Um, and uh, one of the things I really noticed about that guitar tone as a, like a producer and engineer is like just really how clean it is. I mean, it's obviously a distorted tone, but it does have a nice clack to it. Like you can just really hear the pick hitting the strings. Um, it's very clean um, in terms of how well it's mixed. I mean, they kind of roll off the low end right around 90 hertz um, for you uh, audio nerds and you're really hearing what's going on there. It's a very well-balanced guitar tone. There's not much scoop to it. Um, and you can kind of tell that it was really recorded on a phenomenal instrument through a really nice amp and and of course Ken Andrews definitely captured it magically um, but it really just kind of sets the tone for how the whole song kind of starts to kick in um, and it almost comes through in a little bit of layers I mean you get the drums coming in and the bass and the bass dropping in um, with the vocals and then it just kind of builds into a nice crescendo where you feel uh, you feel both guitars kind of kick in once like the the pre-chorus and the chorus eventually hits um, and uh I guess the song as a whole follows a really nice, uh, you know, song structure, which has a lot of pop sensibility to it, uh, with the harmonies in all the right places and things like that. And um, this definitely just made it a really, really exciting song for me on the album. Um, you know, kind of getting into some more of the other aspects of the album, and I'm really, I guess, not necessarily on the, the song itself. It really kind of appealed to me is um, Ken Andrews really has a nice drum sound on this particular album. Um, you know, a lot of active rock and kind of, you know, rock genres in general. Um, I guess this, you know, being a little bit more on the indie side of things, um, you know, you'll, you'll hear, especially in drums, that a lot of engineers and producers tend to, you know, despite the size of the room that the drums are recording, they kind of tend to artificially inflate that a little bit. Um, you do hear, you know, producers adding a little bit of reverbs and some things to add a little additional decay to the record to really make it feel like you know it's being played in an arena and I think the thing that really made me dig this drum sound was it you can really hear the room and it very much sounds like it's being played in a room and in a rather small one at that um, you know you hear a very quick echo to the room and it, you know, it definitely fills out the kit very, very nicely, but it is very apparent. And I think one of the things that I like about that is it kind of makes it feel like you're playing in like a small, like, you know, 40, 50 person, you know, cap uh, venue, you know, and it almost makes it feel like you're really just sitting in front of the drum kit. Um, and I think the rest of the mix and the drums kind of follow suit. I mean, when you look at the kick drum itself, it really has this boom to it, but it's actually a very, very, very tight boom. Um, and it, and it, um, you know, kind of starts to, you feel the, the thud right around the 80 hertz and kind of rolls off from there. Um, you know, I guess they, they, looking at, when I ran this through like the, the Pro-Q2, you can kind of see where it starts to roll off, you know, a little bit, a little bit past the 80 hertz on the, on the high pass filter and it, um, you know, just kind of just tightens it up, but it really just has a very rock and roll boom to it, which also settles in with the room sound very, very nice. Um, with the with the the overall kit as a whole, I think the thing that uh, one of the other things that I like about it is I'm a big fan of drums uh, being panned in audience perspective. Um, I know that this will probably uh, lose me half of any small fan base I might gain, <laughs> kind of right off the bat, because people tend to want to put up their dukes and come to blows over this issue. But I uh, I'll uh, I'll go ahead and say it. I'm a I, I prefer audience perspective. I like to you know hear a mix and really just 
pretend like I'm just sitting in front of the kit, like sitting in front of the band, you know, visually, like I close my eyes and I, I close my eyes and I visualize, you know, like what a drum set looks like or what this band looks like in front of me. And, you know, I hear hi-hat on the right side. I hear, you know, kick and snare in the center, you know, and like my crash, you know, the, if he's a right-handed drummer having the crash off to the left, you know, the panning of the toms kind of to suit. I just, I really, really love hearing a kit, you know, audience perspective. And, and I think, um, uh, you know, it's not as you know, it's not an overly common kind of used thing because drummer's perspective is kind of it, uh, you know, kind of the norm really. Um, and I think I can kind of see it both ways. I mean, people who prefer drummer's perspective, oh, I want to air drum along, you know, air drum along to the record, and that's you know, when I have my headphones on, you know, I hear it, you know, from kind of the kit. But I guess for me, the experience of music is, you know, I'm not in the band, you know, I'm not as a producer or. Um, an engineer and you know when I'm mixing the band like I, I'm you know kind of mixing it as I see it and um, you know that's kind of why that it really appealed to me and I think when I go back to the catalog and, and someone pointed this out to me several years ago and we kind of really started my you know <laughs> I guess I kind of feel like a one-man crusade for uh, for audience perspective drums but uh, someone kind of pointed it out to me some time ago when I was like all oh, my mixes were you know, drummer's perspective, I was like, oh, that's the norm, you know, and someone said, hey, you know, but really, your favorite albums, you know, are actually, you know, mixed audience perspective, if you really think about it, you know, like, if you listen to, like, Gish by Smashing Pumpkins is a really good example, and of course, you know, one of my favorite albums of all time was Deftones' White Pony, and that's, you know, audience perspective as well, and it, and it, and it just, it sounded right to me, and I think this is no exception, for sure, for sure, um, I guess kind of getting back to like this this the drum sound as a whole in this track. Um, there's some you know kind of cool stuff going on with it. There in the in the beginning you'll hear a little uh, you'll hear a cymbal crash where they kind of affect it with a phaser. Um, kind of a nice little cool production tip. Just kind of you know kind of sucks it into that part of the 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 song with kind of a nice transition and. Um, and the thing that I really, really enjoy about um, drums and mixing drums is, you know, I'm a, I I love sn snare drum. Um, I like the snare drum to be going to be up front. I really like it to have a nice presence. Um, and I love a good crack in a snare drum. And this song definitely does that for me as well. Uh, when you listen to the snare drum itself, it's got, it, it is a little drier. I mean, I guess not in terms of like room sound, but I guess in terms of like bottom snare, um, I guess if there's only one gripe I could kind of find with this album, I would have loved to get a little bit more bottom snare out of that. Um, so I do like a little bit of sizzle on the top end of that. But I mean, even though it's a little drier snare, I mean, it's got a, a really rad crack to it. Um, and it just finds a nice, nice spot, uh, you know, kind of living in the middle of the mix there, um, you know, kind of probably around the 160 hertz, maybe a hair lower with the little bump the low end um you know and that that just that mid crack that's nice to it um I, I mean if i were to take a guess i'm gonna go on a limb and say it was probably recorded with a really nice wooden snare um you know it just kind of has that nice uh kind of wood timbre to it that that's uh, kind of unmistakable and um i mean i think the other thing that that goes along with a drum sound is you can have all the toys in the world but i think this drummer really played his kit super well and i think that you know, when you go through mix an album and you really listen to an album, 90% of what makes a good drum tone is, you know, how well the drummer strikes a drum. I mean, there's definitely a right way and a wrong way to, to hit a drum. And, and this drummer really hit hard enough to make the shells activate. He didn't overcook the cymbals. Um, 
you know, he did a really good job of mixing himself, uh, for sure. And then of course to tailor onto that, when you, when you hear the toms, you know, struck in the parts, like they're, they're, they're tuned very, very well. Um, again, another thing that's kind of missed, I think a lot. And I mean, it, I'm definitely not, not amazing at tuning drums. And whenever I go into a session that I'm trying to record drums, I always, you know, fight myself to try to get better each time at tuning drums. Um, cause again, that's a huge, huge part of, I, mean, I guess how well, you know, your, your drums are going to record and kind of where it's going to end up, uh, you know, cutting through in the mix and things like that. And, and, you know, whether it was Ken Andrews or, you know, maybe one of the other engineers that could have possibly worked on the record, uh, they really nailed the drum tuning on this. And, um, yeah, I just can't really say enough about how, how great these drums kind of came out. Um, but when you listen to this mix as a whole, I mean, every part of it does have its place. And I think, um, you know, a lot of care was given to, you know, where, the, where all the pieces of the puzzle are kind of put together. You know, when you listen to the bass um, kind of on its own, I imagine this not having a ton of low end to it. And when you kind of like sweep sweep on like a Pro-Q2 with it, you can really hear where there's, you know, kind of a lack of low end in some of the places in the bass, but it does add a really, really nice tightness to this. And what it makes up for, or what it lacks in low end, it definitely makes up for, I think, in some of the character and like the uh, the low to low mids to, to the upper mids. I mean, it's really strong in that area and it's just really has a, a, a nice rich tone kind of within that, um, which it, it being a very, very clean bass tone, definitely uh, kind of locks in with the bottom end of the guitars for sure. Um, and then of course, you know, I believe it was Ken who sang on this song, um, you know, Ken's vocals really um, kind of shine on their own. Again, like a drummer, you know, it all, you know, still all comes from the source and Ken is a fantastic singer. Um, and a great vocalist live, if you've ever seen them, highly recommend it. Although, who knows when they'll be doing their thing again. But, um, you know, I kind of digress. But uh, I think uh, I think with his vocals, I mean, it definitely shines on its own. Not a ton of processing on it. You know, they weren't really compressed super hard either. I mean, he really, uh, really got good takes and really captured it, you know, at, at, you know, at the source, which is kind of kind of what any any mixing engineer can really really hope for is to get stuff that's uh kind of comes straight off in a good way um but yeah i think overall i mean it's just a fantastically mixed uh fantastically mixed song a lot of good pop sensibilities to it uh you know it's kind of stood the test of time for me here we are you know 14 15 years down the road since i found this song and it's still uh kind of way up there um in terms of mix and and uh you know overall overall writing of the song for me um so if you haven't heard of this band highly recommend checking it out uh failure fantastic planet uh one of the best albums ever in my opinion uh smoking umbrellas really rad track off of there um i mean you can pretty much let this thing play cover to cover and i don't think you're going to be bummed on it so uh but thank you so much for taking the time to listen um i'm gonna try and get these out once a week um and uh you know, if you got a song that you want to hear, please uh, send it my way. I'll gladly take a listen to it. Um, I really want to, I really want to kind of get uh, audience participation on this. And uh, once again, my name's Benny. Um, thank you so much for taking the time. Uh, you can find me at tracepaperproductions.com on Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter as well. And uh, please uh, like and comment. Thanks a lot.